host Delaney. And it's Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. What trap beats playing in the background? I was about to say happy April Fool's Day, but it's not when you guys are listening to this, so. I can't believe it's April already. Like, okay, it's not releasing this episode as April Fool's. Remember that one year? That was cute when we did, like, everything was out of order. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a time to have energy and will to do things. Love that for us. I'm at that point right now where literally everything has fell into the wayside except for viola. So that means I have dumpster fires to put out literally everywhere. Just stop emailing me, babe. If I didn't answer, just give me this. This is like... Normally, I'm good with managing a lot of different stuff, but like with viola on my neck like this, it's like it's like the only thing I could give focus to for the next couple of weeks. So it's just gonna have to be delayed, baby cakes. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, it's giving. Mm, I'm not gonna use that word. Never mind. <laughs> trying to okay. be more, trying to be more positive. So. Oh, period. Starting today girl my inner dialogue is like well, I swear, oh, when girl. I do something it lasts for about an hour and then I'm like you've never done anything in your life you're terrible like it's just like it's bad so but I heard people people keep saying oh you know you got to talk to yourself better and that'll help and whatever so we're gonna see we're we're doing an experiment girl I can only do that for so long so reality sets in so it still hasn't because you said that a while ago what do you mean you said that you was going to start doing that a while. Like, it still hasn't worked? Girl, I forget that I'm going to do that every time. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if it still hasn't worked, <laughs> I'm going to just throw this out. Hey, girl. No, hey, I failure. Forget. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I forget. It really just depends on where I am in life. Like It's hard to remember that. Especially because I'm like, especially when the when all paths are pointing to, wow, girl, you are trash. It's kind of hard to be like, oh, my God. Katie, I'm the best. I am the best. <laughs> I'm the last time I said I was God's like, favorite child, he showed me I wasn't. So I just be humble. <laughs> He's like, all right, let's try it out. Let's see if you. <laughs> I ain't mean that. <laughs> right. I'm supposed to be God's favorite child. I'm God's bad seed, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> this is so negative. I feel great. What happened? I. I. I actually feel great. I actually feel like the best I felt in a while. Ever since the time changed, I was like, "Let's ride this wave." Um, yeah, I felt, I felt, I feel the best I felt in a while. So, um, I love that. That's for you. good. Girl, we went through a little, little, we went through a little patch. I was just trying to make it, <laughs> or you know. But here we are. It's April. The sun is out. Um. Memphis had another batch. This one, this is what I don't like about Memphis. I feel like I'm always going through something here. That's what I realized. Why am I always going through? We always have inclement weather. Always. Why I get back? The minute I get back, because I got an email on Wednesday morning. Oh, uh, class is canceled today. Ain't mean nothing to me, cause you know I'm not gonna be there. And they were like, yeah, you know, tornado warning and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, my freaking God. First of all, how y'all going to land a plane in a tornado warning? I'm like, y'all better fly this plane. Let's hurry up and get there. Why Why is there another tornado? We just had one in December. Then before, and, and the freezing ice storm 
with, with, with no power for six days and the um and the snow in Memphis why why is there always inclement weather no one else has inclement weather yeah I thought so too okay well that's when they get off of my chest you got news <laughs> yeah probably I won't be sending this this week um because we've been sitting here and we need to get to this episode <laughs> I would just love it. I mean um, if y'all, I mean, I mentioned this a while ago, but now we're around the time where it is happening. The Gateways Music Festival is coming up this month. Hey, Gateways. Um, if you are in or around Rochester, New York, or New York City, you can catch some Gateways events. Um, in Ro- They're doing some slightly different things, so I'm going to go through what they're doing. So in Rochester, they're having um, a recital with some of the Gateways pianists. Um, one of which is Dr. Artina McCain. Hey, Artina. Um, they're also going to be having a parent uh, chat um, for young for the Young Musicians Institute, which um, I think is real cute because I feel like a lot of people, like we've talked about that on the show, like don't address the fact that like as a parent of a young classical musician, like there's just a lot of stuff that people do not be telling you. So um, that's going to be featuring Dr. Armin Hall, which we've had Armin on the show before, right? Yeah, we have once. We have? Right? Yeah, we did. We did. Because we had that series that we did for Nemo and we did the early music, the early Oh, you are childhood. right. Yeah, Armin on hey, the show. Hey, Armin. He mad at me because you know, I didn't do my time card. I need to do that. <laughs> I, have I have an email my drafts to Armin because I haven't spoken to him in a while. I'm gonna send that. Um and and Herb Smith, who is um third trumpet in the Rochester uh Philharmonic. And Lucinda Ali Landing, who has I think a group for um specifically for parents of classical musicians. Um She does. It's like part of her little thing her, her uh not her little thing. Her mm. Suzuki school. Mm. Um there's also gonna be a film screening and a lecture um happening. In Rochester, it's going to be um, about the festival's feature composer, Florence Price, hey girl, um, who's a third symphony they will be performing. Um, so the film and the lecture are uh, pre- are pre-concert preparation. Um, the film is The Caged Bird, The Life and Music of Florence B. Price, which I ain't never heard of this film before and I ain't never seen it. So I'm trying to see where I can see it at. What's going on? It's called The Caged Bird, uh, colon, The Life and Music of Florence B. Price. When y'all make this? Okay. We need to see, hey, I need to see a little, a little screening of this. I mean, I'm not going to be over there in Rochester, unfortunately, but, I mean, you know, we low-key could. I almost went, but. But I just. Mm, y'all would be on me. Yeah, it's a lot to be going all the way over there. Um, And then it's going to be, uh. It's going to feature a lecture called The Black Idioms in the Music of Florence B. Price by Dr. Corey Hunter, who was one of my professors when I was uh, in college. Um, shout out to Dr. Hunter. Um, there's also going to be Young Musicians Institute Masterclass, which is going to feature members of the Black Students Union um, at uh, Eastman. Um, and one of the uh, musicians who is giving a masterclass is Andrew Francois, who we have also had no. on the show. Way first of all, I got beef with Andrew. I got to hand hand that offline. But um, <laughs> what the heck? okay, press what? 
made me so happy. And you know, one thing, um, you know, half of them BSU students going to be uh, violists. Uh, because. Statistically, I'm, of course. I'm like, he, he, he going to have his, uh, his hands full. Man, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I could, um. You should have went. I think because they are doing orchestra. They still and they have you know they keep everybody who's ever done a gateways on the website. So your face on there. You on there? Oh, for real? Mm-hmm. On the website under musicians. No, I have a um, I have a conflict. Dang. Unfortunately, um, I would love to see Andrew teach. Um. Period. Shout out to Andrew. Okay. I wonder if he's playing with them in Carnegie. Mm. Pro- probably. You know, he popping, so. Andrew, he just built different. Um, and then if you want to see the Gateways Orchestra, um, they will also be um, in Kodak Hall on April 20th. Uh, so that completes the Rochester run. And then they're going to be in New York City. Um, the Imani Wins is doing a concert in New York City. Um, as well as the Gateways Brass Collective and the Marion Anderson String Quartet. Um, yeah, I've never, this is the first time hearing of them, um, to, to be completely honest with you. And then also the the Harlem Chamber Players are doing a guest recital. Um, and so are the, um, so are the, um, why, why am I tripping? Oh, the Gateways Pianists. There's also going to be various, um, there's going to be like some chamber music concerts going on besides the ones of the specific ensembles that I mentioned. There's going to be a panel discussion uh, called Black Classical Musicians Speak Out. It's going to be at Lincoln Center um, featuring um, Terrence McKnight, who is going to be the moderator um if you don't know terrence mcknight he's a host on wqxr classical radio in new york city um jessica mcjunkins who's a violinist titus underwood who's principal oboist of nashville symphony orchestra he teaches at ccm titus is popping um and lee coons who's the president and artistic director of gateways hey lee i'll leave email huh i will leave email what'd you say I said I'll only an email. Oh, <laughs> like like two years ago, Loki. But that's fine. That just reminded me that <laughs> not two years ago. I need to be. I need to be better with that. I um I saw Doctor Block. One of like really one of the most influential people, um on my on my whatever I'm not gonna call it a career on my whatever I'm doing. Okay, Katie. And you're annoying. And he comes into my thing. He's like not your, not a career, Katie. You have a career? I don't think I have a career to let me. You have a career? A a career to me is like a trajectory. Like it's the whole thing. I don't don't think you you at least have a teaching career? Yes. You have a career? Yeah. I feel like career, like a job is like a job or whatever. A career is like the whole, like the arc. Like. I consider myself early career. I'm laying the foundation to have like a, a, a an actual capital A adult career one day. Like I just like I just need I just feel like I haven't made it somewhere yet. Okay, like that's that's kind of like where I'm at. Anyway, he comes in. He's like, you don't call, you don't text, 
And I was like, sorry, Dr. Block. And he's like, I want to hear it. And I'm like, yeah. Because I should have told it. It worked. Luckily, luckily, it worked out. I was able to grab dinner with him. But um, I need to do better with that. But also, I, there needs to be like a little, it don't have to be much. But added to the list of stuff that just do not teach you in music school is like how to maintain relationships yeah. with people. Like, Dr. Block is a little different. Like, um, I just fell off in general. Like, I feel like him. My viola teacher from undergrad, Mr. Taylor. Those are people that like I talk to anyway. Kate is her name. Kate, Dr. Block, and Mr. Taylor. I talk to them anyway. Um, but like people like Lee Armin, I've talked to Armin. People like Lee. It's just like how you how you keep up. Like you know what I'm saying? Cause I ain't gonna be like, hey yeah. girl. <laughs> That's the that's the email I have in my drafts to Armin right now because I'm like I haven't like you told me he got a new job I'm like see I didn't even know that and he don't know I'm about to like I need I so I have an email I'm like I gotta type it up and send it to him I have to keep in touch with my professor uh, that I just was talking about Dr Hunter because he was helping me with like grad school stuff like you need to like update people I'm like I wish you could just press a button and it would just send it out to everybody you need to maintain a relationship with hey girl that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, that's why yo, I reached out to um, that teacher. Update. Oh. Yeah, I, I sent a I sent a fresh fresh email because that <laughs> email, I thought it was September. It was actually July of last year, and I was like, "Ain't no way." <laughs> Why, hey girl? Oh, oh, I she, hope you're well. She probably uh searching the obituary section. <laughs> your name. Right. She was like, "Let me go to Evanston and see if she passed." <laughs> Uh, no she was very sweet about it I'm talking to her next week but um, I was like I had to send a fresh email because that would be that would be like so embarrassing excited July. to hear about your endeavors I'm sure you are anyway you were saying we talking about Lee I don't know you were just I just didn't hear you when you said you owed him an email oh yeah so but anyway yeah um they're gonna be in new york city through april 24th so if you are around i would recommend going to gateway's website which of course will be in the description if you want to get up get up you hear me snatch up a ticket to any of these events girl they got a package for like 700 dollars. i was like usd <laughs> Dang, they can't they leveled up they said yesterday's price is not today's price right <laughs> I might have to. I might have to be swinging from the rafters to see gateways. It's like a. It's like a package deal. Like you get. It's actually. I guess it's actually pretty nice. Like I don't got it, gateways money. It's a good deal because they'll bus you from Rochester to what's it called and back. Oh, that is a good and deal. hotel. And it ain't no little rinky dink hotel. Like they got you at the spot. So I was like, this is actually a really good deal. Yeah, it actually is. But I. Um, what we're not gonna do is as pay a portion of my rent to do that. So y'all, God, be, God go with you. I'll have a conflict. Excited to hear you on I'm stage sure with them are. next time, though. Um, they got Andrew now. <laughs> Andrew is so good to be over. Okay, they got the whole section. Okay, and they got Jen. That's all you, you were need. in the se- you in been in the section before, Katie. <laughs> I don't understand your point. All right, intermission. <laughs> okay, so today we're going to be talking about um, whether or not certain pieces can stand the test of time. So just do a little warm up to that. Um, I thought we would do um, songs 
from genre of choice that you believe will stand the test of, of time um do you want to go first and tell me what genre you picked okay so i picked like soul ish you know mm-hmm. um as my genre and yeah so i'm just gonna play well i'll put one at a time um songs that i believe stand the test of time the first one is my sharia more by cb wonder i was just thinking about the song because i hadn't listened to it in a while and i was like okay let me listen to it and this song like i i just went to see stevie wonder in december and had a whole stadium of people singing this song that came out in 1969 oh, <laughs> like that is insane to me like he is in his 70s now this song was released it came out when he was 18 he wrote it when he was like 15 16 and it's Dang. like people still in 2022 know every words to this song that came out in 1969 that's insane i'm like dang i wonder if he's sick of hearing it because <laughs> it's one yeah, of those it's one of those songs that you expect to hear like when you at a cb wonder concert like it's one of those very popular songs so uh, yeah i'm gonna just play a little bit of it <laughs> like imagine you in high school like he was at the, like this high school like for the blind and like just wrote this about a girl that he likes i'm just like they don't make they don't they don't make them like that no more they don't like <laughs> could you imagine somebody okay wrote a song about you it's a hit like right wow a concept okay so my genre let me find out where I put it first <laughs> my genre is uh, gospel and once I find um, the playlist that I put it on is ghetto <laughs> um, uh, once I find the gospel I <laughs> here we go um, here we go okay my first one literally this song will always be like i don't care 20 20 000 years from well the way the world oh, 20 so. years from now um <laughs> we'll be playing never would have made it brings church to oh, his knees every time <laughs> it will just destroy everybody and everything uh so here we go this is marvin sap never would have made it It's 
also his voice. Like his voice is insane. Yeah. He sound like a hug. He got out there. He kind of remind me of Donnie McClurkin a little bit, but like he got more. He got more. His voice is like more round, more deep. I remember I had that that video. Uh, <laughs> I we was we was playing this in the backyard, and I was uh, had the video on my dog, and he was like, <laughs> he was like, not trying to have an altar call. <laughs> I don't remember that because <laughs> i had a video with chanka and she just walked away she was probably like y'all just i don't know if her owners <laughs> owners before us was black she's probably y'all are doing a lot right now <laughs> come on altar call if you want to bring the church to his knees play that it will happen every time like every time because everyone made it it's the truth um okay so my next one another classic is respect by aretha franklin the song will never go away it's literally yeah and nor should it and it came out in 1967 like and people still yeah all the words RSPCT sis. Only reason I know how to spell that word. No, I'm just playing. And independent. Independent. No, that that is one I do say in my head when I'm spelling. I'll be like I N D E P E N D. Listen, come on, phonics. We love it. <laughs> Teaching that was a hood classic, and it taught the importance of literature. Period. Okay, my next one is Balm and Gilead by the illustrious Karen. <gasps> Yes. I'm so sorry. My cousin just got in the spell, man. <gasps> ah! I think that's the name of this episode. Monica got in the spell, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ah! Oh, my God. Okay, her calling in. Interview. No. <laughs> oh, oh, I might cry. She was having such a hard time. She was wow. having such a hard time. I mean, yeah. Oh my goodness. And this is such a uh, nerve wracking time. Period. Atlanta. Uh, okay. Oh my <laughs> God. Monica was having such a hard time with with decisions and stuff like that. Like with her um finding out um I'm not gonna put her business obviously, but just she was just having a hard time with college and yeah. it's it's I, for whatever reason it's been very competitive. Like some of the schools she told me because people taking gap like, years really? and stuff and people I think that's probably that's part of it for sure. People, Has to be because I was like, oh go ahead. No, I was about to say people taking gap years is more more I feel like more applicants be piling up. That's part of the reason why my brother was thinking about a gap year because a lot of people like going and playing sports, they just took a year off to train and now so now it's more people. Yeah, I feel like also the pandemic. I don't know, but some of the schools she told me I was like, really? Yeah. I'm, I might, I'm tearing up. I can't. Yep. Welcome to the 144th, 141st class of Spelman College. Oh my God! 
Okay, illustrious Spelman College. So get her white dress out. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. Oh. <laughs> I am. She was having such a hard time. Yeah. Aw, Monica. And she wanted to go to the school, but her her mom was like, got to apply the places. Aw. Yeah. Let me crying. Like, let me play the little song. <laughs> so I can get myself together. <laughs> so I can get myself together. Not college. Yeah. Probably the college would be like, and then, like, you just never know. It's just really hard to be in limbo like that. And, like, all your friends know where you go. All her yeah. friends knew, and she didn't know, and. She was like, I'm not going nowhere. Oh, Aww. my God. Girl, God tired of me hearing calling. God was tired of uh, me hearing her say, saying her name. Like, yeah. Man, and she wanted to be a spelling woman from the beginning. That's And that's why it worked out that way. And that's exactly Amen. why. Aww. She said she just finished crying. Okay, let me play the song because I will sit here. And, <laughs> I'm trying to get myself together. I'm over here tearing up on the mic. See, I be listening crying for people I don't know. Here we go. <laughs> What'd I say? <laughs> uh, Gilead. Here we go. The illustrious Karen. And also timely. There's always a bomb in Gilead. Exact I'm not this it's a it's a biblical reference, so I know a lot of people ain't religious sign gonna say, but the bomb in Gilead is like the purpose of this song is saying, Oh, the timing. The purpose of this song is saying like there is help somewhere. Mm-hmm. Is she good in this spell? Okay, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop because you know, tears all down my face. Here we go. This was was in 1997, and I just I just love I love that song. It just reminds me of old church. Mm-hmm. It used to be fun. Oh, okay, I'm I'm cool now. I'm good. <laughs> okay, so my last song I actually made a joke about this on Twitter. Um, it's what's <laughs> it's uh what's going on by Marvin Gaye. It came out in 1971. It was funny because after the whole thing happened at the oscars with the slap and stuff there were some people who was just being mad dramatic and i was like he slapped one dude and y'all over here reciting lyrics to what's going on because they were like our community oh and our brothers and, I, and i'm like i'm just like bro they were like guys our black community and how could this happen and our brotherhood and i'm just like oh my gosh y'all over here acting like he shot him in the face like y'all like and also, y'all talking about this and that of the violence. What about the violence towards Jada? Like, they just, I'm like, it's, it's the drama for me. You see that one lady who was like, what if it had been Betty White and he slapped her? She could have fell back and hit her head and died. In what, under I'm, what circumstance? I'm like, first of all, they're like, would, you, would it be the same thing? I'm like, no, because in one situation, <laughs> he's murdering an elderly woman on live TV. Like, it's a totally different situation. <laughs> <laughs> you just made that up 
Oh, Father God. Yeah, that that was <laughs> like it's not even close. Like not even close, bro. Like <laughs> Are you really asking? He was literally perfectly fine. You're asking that the same as him murdering an elderly woman on live television? Okay. Oh, Father God. Anyway, um okay. here's what's going on. You know what's trifling hmm. that my mom used to do? Every time a Marvin Gaye song came on, she would remind us. Because, you know, Marvin Gaye, his dad killed him. And, okay, where is this going? <laughs> Every time <laughs> a Marvin Gaye song would come on in the car, she'd be like, you know, his dad killed him, right? You'd be like, disrespectful <laughs> kids, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> now you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I was like not disrespectful kid like she would use the like she's so trifling. Not disrespectful kids. I'm like, okay. okay. Murder though? Like oh, come on, bro. Okay. I just think about that every time I hear Marvin Gaye. That's okay. That's ridiculous. Okay. We've talked about this before, but somewhere on the interwebs there is a video of Delaney and I in Detroit we had we had just got to our hotel and started singing stomp out of nowhere and I think this song is just there's no way that this song would not stand the test of time because I feel like of its importance I feel like Kirk Franklin one of them artists that like he makes inspirational music I feel like he was one of the first people to make inspirational music versus like solely gospel and also this one, like the girls were upset when this came out because you know it's a little, it's a little, um, a little worldly. But I think it's lit. Yeah, I mean and it's, it's literally a, a funkadelic sample in, in Stump, which I didn't know until so my oh I didn't my know gospel uh, professor played it, and I was like oh because it's like it's um slowed down. You should listen to One Nation Under a Groove and then listen to Stump. The mm. beat is is slowed down in Stump. But I knew this was gonna be our third one because I'm like what could be her third one? I was like I feel like it's gonna be Stump. <laughs> There was a there was some that I could have picked like melodies from heaven. Yeah, there's um, a lot of timeless gospel, like and also we not, we're not even into like songs that there might not be recordings of, but like everybody know like yeah. take this is the, the day. <laughs> yeah, this is the day. You know, like but this no, nah, I feel like I feel like Kirk Franklin will forever go down in gospel history. There's literally no way. There's literally no way he can't, and that's. Yeah. And also did it without singing a note. See, that's what I need to do. Like I need to get into the Bella Field without playing a okay. note. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's what, who is it? I think it's Fran Lebowitz or somebody who's like, fam- she's famous for having writer's block. I'm like, that's what, I'm like, why can't I have that? Rich and famous see, for saying. not writing. <laughs> see, like, that is impressive. He did not, he did not sing one note. Just talk. But well, here you go. Here's Stomp by Kirk Franklin. 
For those of you that think that gospel music has gone too far, you think we've gotten too radical with our message. Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, now you know. Glory, glory. <laughs> you better put them hands together and act like you know up in here. can't explain i like the rap. i know i was like dang you might have to leave that one on no <laughs> when i think about the goodness of fullness of god it makes me grateful pity the hateful i'm thankful the lord brought me through this fuck it makes me just, it just bring me back to a time it just brings me back to yeah. a time because i feel like that was when i was wait hold on let me not misspeak when did the remix come out because i thought like stomp came out late 90s but when did the remix let me see And what happened to God's property too? That's what I want to know. Oh, maybe it was released in ninety seven. Hmm. Nah. I need a date. Give me a date, beloved. Hmm. Oh no, it was nineteen ninety seven. Huh. This is before me. Not before when I was born, but just like yeah, when I was a youth group and we were lit. That was tied tribute. That tied tribute to what the the one who had us. Like, and the thing about Stomp, like what I remember, and I I was talking about this. I remember in my gospel class we talked about this. Like, y'all like, you know, people say what they want about Kirk Franklin, but like he really engaged. Like I know, like a part of his thing was engaging like younger people. Um, but I feel like Stump was something that like kids, like little kids, like we're not even talking about what he did with hip hop for like the hip hop generation, but like mm-hmm. that was something to do. Like, you know, you stump it like that was like acceptable to do like yeah. in church. You know, like mm-hmm. it was something that even though of course we weren't thinking like, Oh, the significance of stumping on the devil like, you know, we wasn't yeah. we wasn't seven thinking about that. It was still like you mm-hmm. it was participatory in church. That's how I felt about also Shekinah Glory's stump. That one I really, I really like too, and it's like stump on the devil's head. I'm like, <laughs> that one yeah, was you, also fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, y'all, he doing what y'all couldn't do. So, listen, and also like started away because I feel like I look you think like Ty Tribbett, the way where Ty Tribbett started versus where he ended. I feel like that has to be influence on Kirk Franklin's influence. Like, Kirk Franklin was like one of the first people to do it, mm-hmm. um, or if not the first. Yeah. Um, Cause I feel like he he would not even feel like he was he was active with Kirk Franklin was around the time especially when Imagine Me came out and that was like 2006 2007 no nah, I wasn't that late 2006 he was with Kirk Franklin was making music like that and then Mary 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 and Martha Minucci which is hilarious um they were still making like praise and worship music and stuff like that Mm-hmm. Mary Mary didn't get a little didn't get a little um a little spicy until later on. Mm-hmm. Urban, no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> worldly. Um, but yeah, are we good? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was the last one. I think yep. so. You went first. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So 
we, I feel like our topic is going to be short, but you know, but I feel like it's going to be short. We just, gonna, we just have something to talk about real quick. So last week, um, Memphis Tiffany played, um, I was going to say Brahms 9. There's no such thing. Beethoven 9. <laughs> <laughs> we played Beethoven 9 and, um, you know, the, the conductor be like talk, talking before. So Bob was talking about how, giving some background on, on Beethoven 9. And then also he said that this piece, apparently Beethoven started writing it in 19, nope, in 1822. <laughs> 1922. I was like, okay. In 1822. You talking about Marcus Beethoven? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> um, in 1822, um, Beethoven started writing. So he was saying that it's 200 years since the writing, Beethoven started writing. And I, I kind of chuckled at that. Cause I'm like, y'all are going to find every possible anniversary y'all Every <laughs> the anniversary of when he sharpened, resharpened the pencil, like <laughs> like when it comes to Beethoven. One thing about Beethoven and Bach and Mozart, whatever anniversary you could find, the girl the day they found his left sock outside, like they are girl, going to the, find something. The day he turned the page from page seventy two to seventy three, girl, the that's day a he holiday left now. Vienna, like to go to the grocery store in Prague, like girl rest you know what i'm saying but um he was saying how like it's been 200 years and it's still the test of time to this point and he thinks that even 200 years from now it will still um be that and people people agree with him i didn't disagree with him i was i thought it was i just thought it was interesting um and i want to talk about it um so let's get into it i know the girls I know the girls. Oh, that's what the other idea I had. I never told you, but it's fine. The girls get a little, um, how you say, sensitive when it comes to people's opinions about classical music. So I just like I don't want to be rude. I, thank you so much for listening, but I implore you to save the think piece. Like we've been through this with the the, the Delaney reminded me of the Dvorak Elgar um, tussle that we had, and like, babe. Mm just rest okay like it's okay if you disagree you got beethoven tattered on your back you go to his house every year to meditate like i'm happy for you okay we're just talking okay like yeah i came across that and you know what i will say now like i don't remember exactly what we said i will say the reasoning that the person has sent us for why divorce was like more important like or like was the better cello concerto like it while i maintain it has nothing to do with your personal preference um it was more about like the significance of the concerto to like cellist and like cello repertoire which i think is a it's a valid reason for you to like something more um but also like just has nothing to do with which one sounds better to Katie? Like <laughs> that's, that's that one was weird, weird to me because, my, like, you were like, "This is more significant to the repertoire." Very good. I still like Elgar better. Like, yeah. I don't understand why you tired about that. Like, oh well, divorce. And I'm just like, you first of all, you took the time out your day to write a manifesto about like why divorce is better. How you gonna tell me what's better? how how you gonna tell me what i think is better also did you even ask me like why i might think i like 
why I might like Elgar better. A lot of the times when I have opinions that go against the grain, it's because I have like, a personal experience with it. You never know. Like, for example, one of my favorite operas is La Boheme. Is La Boheme the best opera in the world? I don't know. However, La Boheme is like the first opera that I ever played. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't even. You don't even know. Like, like you don't even know. Like you don't. Y'all don't. Classical musicians can be so dense to me, and if like this person still listens, like this is not a, this is not a drag. But y'all could be so dense to me because it's just like y'all are so caught up here in like you know y'all studies and like what y'all deem to be correct and like what y'all sit around talking about for hours that you don't even like come up for air. Like zoom out. You know what I'm saying? Like. I like one better. Ask me why I like Elgar better. The first time I played Elgar Concerto, my friend was on was on a solo, and I was principal violist at Evans Township High School in 2011. Did you ask that was and that was my, one of my first concertos I ever played, where I was where I was principal viola. Maybe that's why I like it better, girl. Like you don't even no no, de, no details, no nuance. Someone said they were gonna unfollow because I I hate Brahms. Why would I hate Brahms? Who hates Brahms? Why I don't hate Brown. And also, why do you care what I think? I'm a nobody. Okay. Like, why do you care what I think? I mean, it's weird. Looking back on it, I was like, I'm glad that, like, I mean, I guess us talking makes people think. I was happy, like, looking back on it, especially being as someone, I think about music a lot differently now than I did then. That was mm-hmm. over two years ago at this point, or just about two years ago, which I did not know that that happened in 2020. It happened in, I think, January in tw- of 2020. That's insane. I thought it happened earlier than it that. It feels like it happened so much earlier than that, but I that's what the timestamp said. Classical black, class, class, but what was the name of the show? Huh? I thought it happened early classically black, like, in the single digits. So did I, but apparently, apparently oh, January shoot. 2020, I was like, are you kidding me? This seems really? like it was ages ago. Ages, okay. Like, man, but yeah, I'm like, and to be fair, there were other things in the email that I was kind of like, okay, girl. There were other things in it. Um, but that was the one where I, I was like, dang, got mad and almost t- cut the, the show off because <laughs> Katie said she liked Elgar more. I think also because we were, we we had gone on to a tangent about whether or not, like, the, like, whether or not classical music would be different or, like, be changed had not certain composers existed. And I think we had debated, not debated, but we had discussed whether or not Dvorak was one of those composers. So I think mm-hmm. that also fueled that, like, whether or not classical music would be the same with or without Dvorak. That was mm-hmm. another thing. So I think, you know... I mean, people got strong feelings about that's the thing that's was was one of the things that's helped me back about i mean one of the several things that's helped me back about like i've been considering doing a youtube channel about music but people have so many strong feelings about music i don't know exactly where i stand in terms of thick skin because mm-hmm. people get real aggressive about their music opinions real quick mm-hmm. and so i just don't i don't really know well, I have to. I have to see. I might have to prepare myself before I do something like that. I'm also not very good on camera, but I you know? have to because I've se- I've you know I've done a little couple video or whatever. But this hopefully I will come up with a tone that's similar to classically black, where I'm like not reading off a teleprompter, you know, where I'm not like so like rigid and awkward. Um, but yeah, I feel like you people- should watch gossip channels to see how they how they that might be like weird advice but like this is dude Troyce Troyce TV 
where he does like his opinions, his unpopular opinions, watching unpopular opinion videos. And it's like, I've, I disagree with Troy's on many fronts, <laughs> but he's, he's entertaining in that. Like he, he's 10 toes down on what he says. And it's just like what I said. And then the cops, so the comments don't really matter to him. Now I do think like to tell influencers, like th- that doesn't matter at all. I think you're lying. Um, because when you're, when you have people insulting you, <laughs> like and reading that, like, um, but I feel like you might be able to glean from that because maybe you also develop a certain I don't care because this is my opinion. Yeah, like I'm thinking, leaning more towards like video essay type videos, and I just don't know. Like some people be like, they be okay. Not it's the Wawa world, so sorry my window, y'all. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I just don't. Oh, people be just so just vile they so quick with the death threats and the xyz because you didn't like so-and-so's album it's like chill bro like (laughs) very weird very weird unstable behavior it's it's actually insane like i need somebody to do a study on like the brains of like ultra stands because something is up in there like but i don't know girl we'll see Listen, I ain't here to insult nobody. I I enjoy a good Beethoven. Um, particularly, which symphony do I like? Seven. seven. Put his foot in seven. Put his foot in in one. So I don't want to hear it. Save the thing piece. Write it out. You know what you could do. You know how. You know how like when you when you want to send an email to somebody, but you know what like, the first draft is gonna be rude. Write it out in your notes app and then delete it. Okay. So. Here's my question to you: Has Beethoven nine stood the test of time? And also, I'm going to add the second question too because this will help. And if you do believe it stood the test of time, is it something like were there criteria for it standing the test of time? Like it, it was really good. It's revolutionary. It was revolutionary. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so that 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 can't be debated. Or um was it standing test time because like it people made it standing test time like the girls who kept programming it the girls whatever whatever um well i mean i mean technically it has it's still here i do think like you said it's un, it's it's not debatable whether or not it was groundbreaking because it simply was and i think that that may not be a, a an absolute criteria for something standing the test of time but i think it certainly helps and i'm and i wonder when you look at things that have stood the test of time i would i wouldn't be surprised if most of them were groundbreaking Mm -hmm. you know like i don't think they necessarily have to be but i think that because even even when you talk think about it in terms not in terms of music think about in terms of like inventions things that we use like on a daily basis it's because they somehow solved a problem or they were groundbreaking in some way that mm-hmm. nothing else did before them mm-hmm. you know what i mean so i feel like um and now even though we may have duplicates and things that are that function similarly there are certain things that simply like stick around and so like even though now we got a bunch of you could anybody could put a slap a choir on a symphony now if they want to you know yeah, yeah. um why is it Beethoven that we still listen to that's you know that's kind of the question maybe it's because I don't know but I don't even know that when people are programming or when people are liking Beethoven not it's not because like oh he just 
no one had ever done this before like i don't even know if that's really top of mind for anybody like you know yeah i was gonna say like i wonder like do people even know he was the first one to do it yeah like i feel like probably you know like people who in the mix people who have to take music history yeah probably but like and then in terms of like did people make it i mean like i feel like that's a kind of a two-sided question because on one hand it's like I don't think anybody anything can stand the test of time without people making it but did people force it to or like did people you know what I mean like there's like something standing the test of time because people really genuinely like it with every single generation Mm -hmm. and then there's something standing the test of time because you've made a a concerted effort to weed out other things Mm -hmm. from the canon and um, to platform certain other things I feel like that's low-key the question. And it's hard to answer because personally, I do like Beethoven 9. Personally, mm-hmm. do I I cut it on every now and, then, now and again. I was just listening to it the other day. <laughs> I was just listening to it the other day because I, when the, I love the... I'm not going to try to sing it, but I'll be singing in German. Like, I I really like... Because no, you know he eats up. Oh, for um, Like that? Yeah. <laughs> and then he go, he go, Florida, and then the choir goes, yeah. Florida, and it be so loud yeah. with so many of them. Now he eats that up. I like, told you. I, you know, I was just thinking, I was like, listen, far be it from me give a compliment to a white man, but you know, Alan, he, he, he did that. No, nah, he ate that up. And you know... I was like, there's a part like all the fugues in the what movement is that? I just played this. The um the second movement, all the fugues in that like when he breaks it down too, it's just like, um, dang, but oh no 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 here go here go and he go, bum da 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 di da da di da da di da da di. Oh yeah, that's the first movement. Yeah, okay, my bad. There's a, there's a little a fugue in every movement, but you know yeah, what I mean. Like, like that yeah, one, when he do that, I'll be having to be like, Katie, you are in a professional orchestra. You gonna act accordingly because that is just so hood to me. Yeah, like, it's, it's so hood. It's so I feel like we about to what we we start twer- we twerking like what we doing like it's so that part. No, he ate that up. Yeah. No, he ate that up. No crumbs. and i can't believe i'm going up for beethoven right now but that's like actually my favorite moment in like the entire symphony it's just cellos violas maybe a bassoon moment might be in there i don't know for sure i didn't look the score babe but that part when he break it down because we've everybody been doing that but people been doing at different tempos and different stuff but then when we get to do it and it's a little hood i was like no mm -mm." and then (laughs) and then bob did this like bum up up down Girl. up up down so you can li- you can lean with it up up down i was like uh-oh <laughs> you know what i just thought you know i, mm-hmm. I just realized huh. i was taking a totally different vibe when you was talking about this this why? whole time <laughs> but even so why i don't know <laughs> i don't know that's just the bob that came to mind yeah, I was that's unfortunate i'm talking about robert moody okay yes i thought you were talking about pink bob <laughs> Why would you say that? No, ain't nobody who know him listening. <laughs> nobody who know him listening to this. Oh my god! <laughs> he not pink. Let's move on. Nah, 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 nah. let's move on. <laughs> 
right. You are not. Why would you I say actually am loud? right. Okay, maybe I'm not right, but I'm correct. <laughs> anyway, carry on. I'm talking about Robert Moody, music director of the Memphis Symphony Orchestra. And also, let me not say that. Bob, yeah. That Bob you talking about don't got the capacity to be doing all that. And we both know that. Up, that's up, what down. made me that's what made that's what made me that's realize. What around for you that's what because that would that would have definitely curled around for me yeah because i was like wait hold on yeah i'm talking about robert moody robert moody's boeings made me you know and i want to hear that that's how everybody does it i don't care how y'all do it. i'm talking about what robert moody did i like the boeings because it made me like up up down up up down it was lit had a good time sorry you were saying no you were saying Okay, so I feel like yes, it has stood to the test of time, of course. Um, I feel like was it made to stand the test of time? That I'm not sure of, and especially, I wonder. The reason why I struggle is so when we were, I was sitting with a, a bunch of musicians, um, and I asked them. I was like. So if you saw this program, right? You saw, you saw Beethoven Nine program. Like, would it make you get out your house? Literally, everyone I was sitting with said no. And I thought that was interesting, right? I thought it was interesting, and I was, and then it made me think about like, what are the symphonies that will make me get out of my house? And I was like, do I have any? And I was like, well, I will actually go see Sibelius One. I will see Brahms One, um, stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> I would definitely, I would see any Florence Price Symphony, particularly One and Three. Um. I would see anything by Hellstork. He he could. I would go to Hellstork opening an envelope. Um, <laughs> but um, so I thought that was interesting. So I'm one. That's why. That's what made me think of the question. Like, are we making it stand the test of time? Like people are just like programming it instead of programming other things. Because like Hiawatha, the Hiawatha piece by samuel Corbett shaler is an enormous work like the whole the whole cantata like the whole thing is the cantata or oratory oh girl anyway the whole work is massive you know what i'm saying so it's like if i'm trying to figure out do classical musicians feel that way because they play it all the time or or what that's made me think about that but i also think about it's still the test of time because we even use it to teach our children you know what i'm saying like every beginner plays also joy I don't know one I don't know one beginner who doesn't play Ode to Joy. Like and and you know what's even more crazy? I remember teaching I remember when I was teaching beginners and we get to Ode to Joy, they would naturally cuz in the in the book it's going to be um in the book it's going to be there's a great arrangement of Ode to Joy in the Kinder Music book, I, I I believe. I forgot what it's called. It's been a minute. When I taught sixth grade beginners, at the end of the year, we did this great arrangement of Ode to Joy. It just really makes you feel like your kids accomplished something at the end of the year when they could play that. Like, they played that down. And that, I had to stop them from going bum, bum, bum. Because naturally, they did that, right? Because the, the arrangement has, like, 
dee da da you know because they don't want they haven't learned dotted rhythms yet or they haven't learned them well i don't remember um and so when i think about that it's like these kids are hearing it regardless like i feel like if it permeates like society like that you know it's it, he's got to be that girl right i mean yeah i feel like the the fact that people said that they wouldn't go see it could go either way because on one hand it's like yeah it could seem like people just don't really care to go see it but on the other hand works that are in t- that are very popular also in addition to being programmed a lot have a lot of really good recordings mm-hmm. and therefore you don't really need to leave your house to, to listen to them yeah. and listen to them like being played in full and being played well like if we're talking about pieces by like black composers yeah there are recordings of them somewhere but it's not like they're not plentiful and in abundance like yeah. how recordings of Beethoven 9 are Mm-hmm. I and I've now got to the point I've seen Beethoven 9 live and would rather listen to the recording that I had because that's the recording that I like you know mm-hmm. um so I feel like in terms of even pieces that I like that are by white composers there are very few of them that I can really say that I would go see live because I feel like you have um because they've been like they've been recorded in ways that I am fine with listening to and that's a part of them sort of being in the canon like that's a byproduct of it Mm -hmm. and a byproduct of not being in the canon is that like you want to hear such and such by by William Grant still you got to go see in the concert hall when it comes to your Mm -hmm. city Mm -hmm. so yeah but I, I would I will go see Beethoven 9 simply because I haven't ever seen it. Like I would like to experience it. Like I this is my second time playing it. I feel I think I'm lucky because it was a lot of people's like first time. The fellows, at least. Um But I would I probably would go see that. But yeah, there's there are very few I'ma say this. If I'm gonna listen to a symphony, I'd rather listen to it in person. Cause I can't see my, I don't, I don't listen to a lot of music. I've been very vocal about that. I'm always doing something while I'm listening to music. Like, so I'm, I, it's very rare for me to just cut on a symphony. I'm be, I'm gonna be very frank. I would never <laughs> really do that. Um, and when I listen to, when I listen to stuff, I listen to the majority of stuff I listen to, I listen to stuff that I am preparing. Um, so I can play along with it and stuff like that. So, I would I would much prefer to go see Symphony in, in person. Hmm. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> but I also like going to concerts. You don't really like going to concerts. I don't. It's just like I also find just being in the orchestra a lot better. Like it's yeah. underwhelming. To, like when you're especially being in the bass section. Like the floor under you was like rumbling stuff. Like being in mm-hmm. concert hall is like it's boring <laughs> to me. It's like mm-hmm. everything just I don't know. Maybe I just don't like balance <laughs> because it's like it's just uh, like girl. I don't know. 
lucky. I like seeing. I mean, I'm trying to figure out pre-pandemic which concerts I went to. Oh, pre-pandemic, the last concert I went to was the Berlin Field. Because I went to one. I went to the first concert that I wrote program notes for. And then, like, every other concert after that I planned to go to, I blew off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of that, can you get me one of the... Is it too late? I, I don't know. I'm supposed to Do go, they keep them? go in this week to see... I've asked for, I've edited every program book since February, so I've asked for those. But, like, I don't know. I have to see if they if they save them. They usually save them. I just don't know where they're at. Hmm. I'll text so. you some <clears throat> Um. Okay, last question for you. Do you think it will continue to stand the test of time? I'm in another 200 years. Will the Earth stand the test of time? Probably not. But um Girl, you said that that glacier that's no one's panicking about the glacier that's melting, that that's the size of Delaware. It's just melting. What they gonna do with all that water? Um that being said, I think I think it probably will just because like like you said, they if they they could let go of every single white man, him and Bach are going to be the very last over their dead bodies. Um, and like I said, I feel like, I feel like there are certainly pieces that you could find that people have forced on us all this time. Oh, definitely. What's that thing? What's that one? What's that one? Copeland? Oh, girl. Um. <clears throat> they, they be dragging Copeland. It's not that, it's not that deep. But I feel like Beethoven 9 might be one of the ones that's like maybe we maybe y'all was right about that one you know (laughs) that might be one of the ones that that people was right about because like i said he he low-key put his foot in there i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna hold you so that's why it's, it's hard to even see like if people have like forced that to stand the test of time because like i said i personally i personally really like that symphony so it's kind of hard to see. I do think that there are some that's like, girl, you're dragging it. Like, there's definitely a lot of them that you could pick out in anything about WC, for example. Okay, but what's called that? Oh, never mind. Almost. Never mind. That's Ravel. That was another one that in that same email that was like, well, I know you hate, you love to hate WC. I was like, okay. I don't love to hate WC. I just hate WC. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I don't. And there are people. There are people who love it. Jasmine loves WC. I just don't understand. I don't like that. I don't <laughs> like that. Like, girl. I don't like the texture. I don't like. I don't like playing it. I don't like the texture of it. I don't like what it sounds like. I don't like that we float in. I don't like. I don't like it. I don't. In the same way, I don't like playing. Um. I also don't like what's call it. What's that stuff before Bach? I don't like that either. Oh, girl everything flat and feathery and they, they they got similar timbres i don't like that fiend harpsichord sound like this hinga dinga durgan like i don't okay. like <laughs> like it's okay people don't like stuff you will be okay it has nothing to do with you zoom out Period. Yeah, I don't. 
I just I can't I can't really get I can't really get into it. So I feel like there are a lot there are certainly a lot of things that you could zero zero in on like girl, why are we still playing this? We could bring Mozart into the conversation. We could definitely bring Mozart into the conversation. I was like, y'all, y'all gonna y'all not gonna like me, but we could bring him into the conversation. Not necessarily everything. Oh, oh of course not. There is like, stuff. Sophonia Constantine eats Mozart forty. Before, I was about to say I was just about to say Mozart forty. Girl, oh, girl, when he putting that four zero, girl. <laughs> When he got that that fourth movement with the um with the little few, but the stuff before that, and then y'all be dragging in like all the like Mozart thirty six ain't good. Mozart thirty five is very good. Well, I'm not gonna say it's not good. I have I can't I have never written a piece of music in my life, so I'm not gonna say it's not good, but it's not for me. Like yeah, some stuff it just don't it don't be all that that y'all Magic that y'all are flute, giving. Ate that up. Like, so I y'all feel like there is the good stuff. Huh? They don't even be programming the good stuff. I've yeah, ne- I feel I like. When's the last time I played Hoffner? I've never played Hoffner. Uh, I'm okay with that. You like Hoffner? I I not to play. <laughs> it's a little. It's a little. Um. <laughs> I would I would rather play in a section, especially like when I could when, when we could all be suffering that digga 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 girl. And the fact that we have to play that, no, I'm don't. annoyed. Yes, we do. No, you. Yeah, don't. we do. And that's why I don't like him. I'll never forget an audition. I had to play that. I played that, and they were like, "Can you play that again?" I was like, "No, I cannot, girl. I barely like, came out girl, the first time." You didn't hear me just right now. <laughs> The, the thing that's hard about that excerpt is that I can't practice it too much because my fingers will stop doing it. And um, I've gotten it more consistent. Like, I know I can get it to come out every time, but I can't play it too many times. How am I going to practice if I can't play it too many times? See, people need to start fighting back in these auditions. They need to start fighting back because, can I hear it again? Are we going to play it again in the concert? We're going to play it once. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Tell me that. Like, is is the audience going to ask me to run that back? No. So why would I do that right now? Or can you, play it, you know what I hate? I hate can you play it again softer. Why don't you just imagine what I just did softer? Is that? You don't know what? You don't know how to just. It's the exact same thing I just did, but less. But soft. See, <laughs> like, I don't understand. And uh, okay. Also, I'm like a low key. Now that I think about it, I'm actually low key insulted that you asked me to play it softer. Dynamics is like the one of the first things kids learn in their life. Like, dynamics inside voice outside voice inside voice outside voice took the words right out of my mouth three <laughs> four years old so you're telling me you want me to play this again softer are you insulting me <laughs> telling me i don't know inside voice versus outside voice i don't want to work here no way girl can you play it again softer can you play it again faster no actually i cannot can you play it again slower so i thought you wanted it faster don't Listen. make demands. I can't even see you to square up. Don't make demands from behind the screen. First of all, it makes me nervous because, like, is that God? You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't see you. I don't like that. Auditions are traumatic. <laughs> I'm telling you, y'all need to start fighting back in these auditions, period. And also, you know what I hate? I took one audition um, last year. <laughs> last year, first of all, I was in the cafeteria. So that was, it was okay. 
and I okay obviously the proctor needs to be there so you if you have any questions but how am I go how you gonna for real answer my questions if we can't talk but anyway that's fine so of course I get in there I have a question and now you watching my downfall because it was like one of the Heldon Laban it was like the hard Heldon Laban excerpt that they asked for baby I can't play this and so you watching me fighting for my life and I feel like you should not have a front row seat watch me fight I feel like it's just disrespectful just take my word for it bro like I can play the stuff <laughs> You asked for the resume. You, I've been playing viola for a long time. Obviously, I'm, just take my word for it. Period. Um, I think it will continue to set test time because it's already done this so thus far. And like I said, it's just like ingrained in the minds. You hear Old Joy everywhere. The girls start learning about Beethoven. Um when they're five um so yeah but you know join the conversation let them know what you think don't be offended babe it's just a podcast go about your day go eat your sandwich um and we're moving on okay all right y'all time for black excellence where you hype you up what (laughs) it's time for black excellence where we hype you up gas you up and give you your props because there is room for everyone at the top. What are you talking about, Dwayne? Okay, so this week I'm talking about David Berry the third. Um, David Berry is an active classical pianist um, who has performed at many venues, including Carnegie Hall, Merkin Hall, um, the UW World Series at the University of Washington, as well as in live broadcasts um, for stations including WQXR in New York City. Um, he's been featured as a soloist um, with the Hudson Symphony Orchestra and served as a guest artist um, and adjudicator for the Zelfa Wells Piano Competition. Um, he has worked um, with and or premiered works by a number of noted uh, contemporary composers, including James Lee III, uh, Jeffrey Scott of Imani Winds, um, and uh, Jennifer Higdon. Um, he was featured as a soloist in the Juilliard School's Focus Festi- Festival, All About Elliot, which celebrated the 100th birthday of Elliot Carter. Um, let's see, what else? He's he, he doing a lot. Uh, he's an avid chamber musician and has collaborated with uh, members of the um, nation's leading orchestras, including New Jersey, Houston, St. Louis, uh, Dallas, and Seattle symphonies. He's toured. Um, is a resident member of the Jacksonville, Florida-based Ritz uh, um, Chamber Players and the Harlem Chamber Players and the innovative uh, chamber music theater group, uh, the Core Ensemble. He's also an arts administrator and serves as the coordinator of chamber music and member of the Artistic Planning Committee at the Gateways Music Festival. Um... In addition to his accomplishments as a classical musician, he is also an avid improviser of jazz, gospel, and popular contemporary piano styles, and he also enjoys composing his own concert arrangements of hymns. Um, he received his Bachelor of Music degree in, with high distinction from the Eastman School of Music, hey, Meliora, um, and a Master's and Doctor of Musical Arts degrees in piano performance from the Juilliard School, um, where he received the C.V. Star uh, Doctoral Fellowship and the Susan W. Rose Piano Scholarship. Um, so, yeah, shout out to David Berry. Um, if you are going to Gateways, like I said, he's um, involved in Gateways, both as a performer and an administrator. So, check him out. 
Period. Um, my piece of the week is Brahms A Minor Quartet First Movement. It's good. Viola be doing things, having a good time. Yeah, Jen told me um it's one of the hardest viola parts in the repertoire. So that's lucky for me. Um Okay. This is something you're not as be. I'm like, it's gonna be in first position. I'm just gonna be hopping over strings looking dumb because how else am I gonna play it? How many times am I gonna shift, baby? All right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Fo- Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black excellence suggestion, or intermission suggestion, send it to Classically Black Podcast at gmail.com. We also have a website, classicallyblackpodcast.com. If you're black, join ISBM at isblackmusicians or isblackmusicians.com. Thank you, and we will see y'all next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.